Imagine a world where you knew that you mattered and you belonged. The people cared about you because we were so darn good at listening to one another, no matter how different we are. That is what Sidewalk Talk is doing by putting listeners on sidewalks all over the world so that we can practice the art of connecting. Join me, founder and director Tracy Rubel, as I interview experts on the fine art of human connection and interview some of our volunteers who've been listening on the sidewalk and even some of the folks that we've listened to. And if you want to volunteer, consider joining us at sidewalk-talk.org. So I don't even know how to begin to introduce you to David Pearl because I think he might be my one of my new European best friends. I think I've made like three or four buddies since living in Europe. And so I have to thank one of our chapter leaders, Adeline Driscoll in Phoenix, Arizona, for turning me on to street wisdom three or four years ago. <laughs> and I started sleuthing David out and cold called him. And I, you'll hear all about my cold calling probably in our conversation, and then I'll be a visitor on his podcast as well. Look, he is a performer, an author, a director, a public speaker. He's kind of fancy. He's been on the BBC. He was uh, an opera singer with Placido Domingo. He was like the youth boy soprano soloist for four years at the Royal Opera House. He speaks Italian. Um, he plays the bass. Uh, oh, what else has he done? Well, he's going to sing opera on our podcast today. So you better stick around and listen to the whole thing. He works with teams now, like he goes into companies and shakes them up and wakes them up. He has this great book on um, meetings, Will There Be Donuts, and his latest book called Wonderful, which really links to this really brilliant thing that he does called Street Wisdom. He also was a part-time writer for Stanley Kubrick who he considers a mentor. I mean, this guy is the Renaissance man. And I have never developed such a fast, intimate, instant friendship with someone. And (laughs) so it's weird to introduce him. Uh, But I hope you fall in love with him the way I have. Uh, He has sustained my heart during this pandemic. And... um, wow, yeah, he's just really real. So I can't, please stay and listen to this whole thing. I can't, I just, I just want to share him with you. I just want to share him with you. David Pearl from Street Wisdom, from the Pearl Group, from Opera Circus, from Lively Arts and in-opera companies, impropera companies. Oh my gosh, he's done everything. All right, that was a long-winded intro, David. I couldn't do it any shorter for you, my friend. So, um, hi, David Pearl. Can you tell that I put my perfume on for you? Can you smell it? I got that. <laughs> smell a vision on Zoom. Smell-a-vision. I'm loving it. I, I expect nothing else from you, Tracy, than the extraordinary. <laughs> Come on. You know what? Um, I learned about um, your project, God, I guess it's a couple years ago, from one of our listeners in Phoenix, Arizona, of all place said, you've got to hear, you've got to check out Street Wisdom and you got to check out this guy named David. He's as weird as you are. 
<laughs> and so I was put in touch with one of your producers and um, I think actually I reached, I kind of was re reaching out to you because I was feeling a bit lonely a few weeks ago. I'm like, mm. God, I'm just mm. a little too much for Germany and the UK and I need to find someone that's as weird as me to talk to. So I'm like, I wonder if I could get David on the podcast. David, can you tell us a little bit about you and like all the cool, crazy, creative, artistic things you do? Yeah, oh, you're sweet. Um, yes, I'm super happy to talk about me, but just want to, you know, you're you sometimes describe yourself as nutty or crazy. Well, I, you know, I've seen your, I've seen your nonprofit, and actually, I've seen you, you know, talking, and it's you're crazy like a fox. This is the kind of crazy we need, and so uh, I admire what you guys do so much, and I can't believe it's taken us this long to bump into each other on the street, as it were, on this, on the on the um, telephonic street. But anyway. Um, my life has been a zigzag, like most people's, right? So I've been seeking, stumbling, blindly falling about the place. I love the word career because it means, if you look it up, to, to, to descend in an uncontrolled manner down the side of a mountain. And that's how it's kind of felt. And there have been times, actually, where, um, where I felt really lost. And in fact, Part of the wellspring of the work that I do here is my own brushes with mental ill health when I was in my 20s. Well, I just couldn't figure out what the heck I was doing where I was because I'd come from a, a background where there was a kind of professional theme. My father was a dentist and a lawyer and, and it's an uber professional and lo you know, lovely, but came from a Jewish background. Also, I don't know if there are any Jewish people listening, but, you know, Tracy, what they say, um, the definition of, of a genius is a child of average intelligence born into a Jewish family. So I'm just saying there's a lot of expectation on you. <laughs> and, but I had this incredibly strong artistic streak as well. So I was quite, you know, it's quite bright at the professionally kind of stuff. And, but I had, from the age of eight, I had been singing at the opera house and I was really passionate and really inside break me open. In fact, even today, break me open and out comes Italian opera. I, I, I you know, I saw opera when I was a kid. Well, I, I was taken for an audition and the first time I heard, first person I heard sing was Domingo. And he was standing next to me at the time because we did this opera together. And I was, I was just, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's like Cinderella, you will go to the ball. It was a moment of enchantment. And what I, what I think about that looking back, and I will get to answer your question, or maybe I am answering it. But I think that there's been this thread of enchantment that's gone through my life. I think what my eight-year-old head said when it heard great incredible beauty coming out of a human's mouth that's real you know it's like that's not artificial that's the baseline that's what the adults have not been telling me but there's something real about that truly hyper real about it and so i think you know if, if you look down my linkedin you'll see that i you know i i went to university and music college i was an advertising writer and a film writer. I worked, you know, I worked during in advertising by day, opera by night. I have been a kind of, people say Renaissance person, I think undecided <laughs> is the truth. And it's only, I swear, it's only in the last, I think it's maybe, if I'm really honest, I think it's probably the last five to 10 years only where I felt it synthesized and ah, oh, this is, this is what I'm for. This is what I'm for. 
you know, when I'm something happened to me as I was just listening to you there, I actually liked that you didn't get heady and sort of give me the bullet point resume CV answer to that question. <laughs> and it, I was just my mind kind of kind of free associated. I, I'm leading a couples group right now where I, I've sort of long been wanting to experiment with how to bring couples together outside of a therapeutic setting. Um, and I think couples really need community because we we're braver in community than we are inside of a therapist's office. And something you said in a way is an answer. So what happened last night is we were talking about how do you get into your centered self and what is the centered self? It's nomenclature that we come up with. But it was the men that came forward with something really provocative. They said, I know that I want to be in my centered self, this curious, curious, compassionate, caring, sort of context sensitive self. But if I enter into that centered self, who the hell am I? Because I'm wrapped up in my identity. And everything that you just said, it felt like you, you sort of didn't get wrapped up in identity, that you kept giving yourself permission to find your way to that, to that note, to that song, to that out breath. So beautiful. Mm. That's what was coming over mm. me as I was listening to you. Yeah, that's so that's a beautiful way of putting it. Thank you. I mean, you you elevate it. Um, what you made me think of is actually, you know, I admire people who do what you just described. I don't, and I don't always see it, see it myself. Although I can, you know, I, I have been doing a lot of reflective work, and I, you know, and there's something about I'm 61, right? So I know I don't look it, Tracy. That's where you say it's extraordinary. Amazing. Say that again. Yes, that's what exactly what I thought. <laughs> Too late. It's too late. You're off my Christmas card list. Um, no, Wait a minute, aren't you Jewish? There's something you about even the... Oh, yeah, okay. well, I'm assimilated. So um, we get on with people. No, I think, you know how the book, I think the Quakers say it's, you know, it's the, the, the way doesn't open in front of you, it closes behind you. And there's that thing about being able to look back and go, oh, not that, not that, not that, this kind of thing. So I think there is an element of looking back and being able to track my path to here. But at the time, I often felt a sense of I'm not in the right place. That, that thing that your, your, your friends were saying in this thing is, is who am I? Where am I? I'm, 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 a, I'm, off, I'm off my bearings. And it was like a third leg kicking me in the behind saying, keep going. I have this kind of irritable sense of, um, I mean, I'm as lazy as <laughs> you can believe, but there's something that says, come, keep going, keep going. So it's that kind of, you know, it, it's less the, and it's the you'd like to think I'm an explorer. I just think I was a kind of shifty, irritable, lost person. And actually, and I don't know if this is maybe this is we can talk more about this, but I did find I did spend some time on the street actually when I was younger. I I I, I found myself wandering around and I and I was having mental health difficulties, and it's always given me a kind of um a kind of sense you can learn on the street and also it's real somehow on the street. I remember one time, I don't know if this is relevant, but I'm just I'm encouraged to wander with you. And I remember one time I was feeling very low and I sat down on a street, on a bench in um, Cambridge, which is where I was at university. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw some uh, rough sleepers. They used to be called tramps, you know, and they were like, you know, and and the middle class boy in me went, oh my God, they're coming towards me. I need to get some money. And I was looking around in my, uh, you know, my coat for some money, and because they were making a lot of noise and they had bottles of you know 
of, of, of spirit and so on. But as they got close to me, they, they dropped all that and they just said to me, are you okay? Do you have somewhere to sleep? Do you, you know, are you all right? And I thought, oh, wow where have you know where have I come to I realized you know, that I mean it was so touching and also so scary because it was like the, the the traditional role had been reversed and these people could see my pain and see my misery but I will say and I don't I don't want to sound Pollyanna about it for me the brushes that I had with mental breakdown and stuff were the for me were the wellspring of why I'm here today there's something for me about getting to that very, you know, darkness is part of wholeness was a talk I gave a while ago at Google. And it's just, I think that's, it's marginalized, especially in the world that, you know, we both talk about the corporate world and it's marginalized that darkness is somehow something to be eradicated. But I think in my life and certainly in the arts and certainly in the world we're living here now, this is, there's a way, you know, maybe we can embrace it a bit more, make it part of the wholeness. Yeah, there's some serendipity in the time. I mean, in the timing of our meeting, yeah, darkness and the wholeness. And, and I often describe myself as a bug in the mud. I said, I don't want to be a guru in the cloud. I'm a bug in the mud. I like to be in the mud. Yeah. And the guru in the cloud stuff is for other people. I said, M mud feels really good between yeah, the toes. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving that. I'm loving. And actually, the people that I've met that I really have really, really moved me and changed my life have got that at best enthusiastic student which you've got you know it's like what, what can i learn today i got that wrong what can I, so you know i have, i'm often standing as you are in front of people and there's a kind of you know as you say there's this kind of people want they want to give a guru status because then it's making their time valuable or whatever it isn't that's you know that's fine but i i like to think you know i only know this stuff because i fell down that hole in the road <laughs> several times I think we need to stay, you know, I love that, the bug in the mud. Oh, I love that. I appreciate you seeing that I like to learn. But the serendipity is I'm actually getting ready to start a 16-week shadow work workshop with this deep Jungian mentor. And the whole premise is, is that we can't actually be whole creative beings unless we do actually own that shadow. Because that's where the, the beauty is in the paradox. That's where soul lives is in the paradox. Not that you wrestle and one wins over the other but that you actually hold and honor them both. And um, yeah, so kind of weird that you said that today because our first meeting is in a few hours from now. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, and if I, you know, if we can segue a little bit, I'm learning about street wisdom the whole time, but you know, sometimes, and maybe you feel the same about the work you're doing, Tracy, but sometimes the work has you, you didn't have the work, you didn't have the idea it had you kind of thing, knocked on you. And I thought a lot about uh, Street Wisdom, which is this nonprofit that that um, that that I what, made up, lead. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I guess lead. And although I feel like I'm in the back, um, and one of the things about it is serendipity, as you keep, as you mentioned a couple of times, and it's puzzled me and really interested me. I, I wrote a book about uh, about it called Wonderful, about basically looking back over the last five to seven years, I think we've been doing this to try and find out what on earth have we been doing? I mean, I know we've been, essentially what we do is we offer a three, originally it's changed now, but a three hour street based workshop called a workshop where you tune up your senses, you ask a question and you see what answers the street has to give you. You have like a little quest. So it's turning the street, this, this public space, 
for many, you know, many places in the world, it's public, sometimes not so much, um, into a school, into a place you can learn. And I see you doing the same and I, I, in, in your way. And it's, it's extraordinary what you do, by the way. And what I noticed is that people who didn't buy into the idea of serendipity or synchronicity and didn't, in fact, the opposite. You know, I work with lots of very hard-nosed people if there are such things. Um, but there was something about the quality of the experience that, that sparked off more serendipity. And I've come to think of it as an expression of our creative uh, essence. And what I mean by that, I think, is that serendipity is only surprising if you think you're a separate human being who ends at your skin. And that's, that's interesting and a, a, a comforting thought, but I've done lots of work as you have, Tracy, and I'm sure your volunteers have, where you kind of reach out beyond your skin, creating intimacy at a distance, connecting with the world around you. And the more, of course, you do that, the more, the more you can feel I am you to the stranger in the street, the less disconnected you are. And then of course, serendipitous things happening, because if you really think things are connected, then why wouldn't I come into your life and yours into mine at exactly the right moment? And I wish I remember that more often. And I wish we lived more that way. Because can you imagine the anxiety that it would dissipate if you could feel as people often do on street wisdom, this world holds me a bit more than I thought. It's cooperating it's my buddy i'm not alone i am not a independent chemistry experiment wandering around the void but actually i am part of this i am nature and you know so on i mean i'm getting rhapsodic now but the more i do it the more excited i get by it you could be as rhapsodic as you want to be <laughs> you know one of my favorite quotes on your website is the quote from someone that said whoa three hour walking around the city workshop was better than like an all day meditation retreat. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to have to go do this. So I had to go watch some of your videos. I'm like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try this shit that this guy's talking about. <laughs> and it was fantastic. I was having quite a, quite a day. I, you know, there's some emotions I like better than others, but I was filled with rage a couple weeks ago and it was so hot. And I'm like, damn, this stuff is burning me. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to try David's walkabout, see if this helps. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, I need some information on how to be with this rage. And I just walked around and just looked for signs. And I got a couple interesting things. Um, yeah. And this idea that you just shared is so beautiful. That the, the world's your buddy, that you yeah. are being held by something. Yeah. How does that frame even change our mental health? and our sense of self and our quality of how we create and what we create, you know? Also, yeah, it's so that's a beautiful way of putting it. I think what touches me about your work is, is strangers meeting. And it's become an aspect of street wisdom that I didn't think about initially because initially what I enjoyed, because I did, I did it myself first, obviously I was figuring stuff out myself. And I love the fact that you could disappear in public there's something about which you do, you know, anyone who's been traveling knows that they, um, you know, they kind of have this kind of invisibility cloak around them somehow because you're not of the context. Somehow you can do different things and you, people don't see you in the same way. Well, it turns out the same is true in your own street, partly because people are so distracted, Tracy, you know, everyone's in their heads and they're worried and they're, you know, they're not seeing you at all. 
But over time, it became interesting that people were making connections with strangers and not just any strangers, the perfect stranger. I mean, the per I'll give you an example. My wife was doing it and you're, you know, listen, you, your family members don't, you know, they don't, <laughs> they don't pull your leg, right? They tell you. So if it's not working, they will let you know. So Joe, Joe wanted to find, she, she was, her question on her quest was not about rage. It was about, although she's lots of that. She has got lots of, she's social activist. She wants to know, how do I raise more money for the school? How do I raise more? We're walking around London on a Sunday. There's no one around in the city of London and it's raining. And she spots, and she's with my son and she wanted to demonstrate to my son, you can talk to strangers. So uh, she sees two people in the distance. She walks over and they're like British. So they're trying to hurry the other way. And anyway, she stops these two people. And she says, listen, I'm sorry, it's raining. So I have a question for you. You know, I'm trying to raise more money for my uh, son's school. Any ideas? He was a fundraiser and she was a school governor. And I cannot tell you the number of times. And what I'm, this happens. And I'm wow. wondering, I've watched your film on your, you know, on your, on your websites and stuff. And I've been looking into your work a bit. I wonder how many people come away from an experience in Sidewalk Talk and think that was the perfect stranger, right? I'll never forget that. That was, how could that have been more perfect? And that's, I think, I often say to people, you know, once you've done street wisdom, imagine you're the stranger and everyone else is doing street wisdom. How could you be the perfect stranger for those strangers? Ah. I love the way you rebrand that. How could you be the perfect stranger? There's something, you know, what's always hard for me about sidewalk talk is people can't get out of their head about helping someone. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. There's no, there's, that's, you lose the magic now because now there's a, an exchange of power. Don't do that. Right. But yeah, there is, there is the perfect, I mean, I remember one of my favorite stories was early on. It was just me and another gal. So only two of us, not a big group. And this guy goes, you've got to be shitting me. And I said, what? He goes, my girlfriend just broke up with me on text and here you are. So I'm going to sit down and tell you all about it. And I'm like, I'm so glad we're here. <laughs> you no, that's know. beautiful. I love, I had, so, so, so I had a dream years ago when Britain started getting very polarized, like, the, like, like, like it can be in the States and other places. And I had this vision. It was actually of your, what you do, but it was like, we used to have these little workman's huts, the canvas huts they would put up and they'd dig up the road. And I said, what we need is on every street corner, we need one of these huts and in it, we need to be having the conversation. We need to, we need to be doing truth and reconciliation. We need to have this thing. And when I saw you do, doing this, I thought, my God, that's it, that's it. The other thing that you did, which inspired me was right at the moment, I'm thinking of, I've been, street wisdom is at its next inflection point where, you know, people come to it to ask where next, usually. They, they use the streets to kind of map their future out. Well, how did street wisdom find its future? You know, we've, we've got to do a street wisdom for street wisdom. And for the last few weeks, I've been, um, I've been, I've been thinking about it. And somebody, my Vanessa, who's my um, producer, she's, I don't know what her name is. She does great things. She had put, she had said, look at, look at this website. She said, what you, what she, what this lady does, Tracy, she puts herself in the middle. She tells you why she does this and not in such a way that it is ego, quite the opposite. And it's something I'd been leaving out. I hadn't really outed myself about what I felt about the world and, you know, 
my dreams and nightmares actually about it. And thanks to you, really thanks to you, I've, I've been doing a process and I just thought, well, if Tracy can do it, I'll do it. And it's been super helpful to figure out, you know, you said gun violence and stuff, you, you know, you, you were irritated, agitated, driven to action. And actually I am as well, but I hadn't, I hadn't realized it till I saw you said it. So thank you for that. Well, I'm, thank you for, I mean, you're being so kind and generous to me. I do want to clarify one thing though. I have a huge fucking ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what they say Steiner used to say? I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with your ego as long as it's the size of the earth. And the <laughs> thing is, if you've got a big ego, get it bigger. You know, the more people, you know, if, if you can have as much, which I bet you do, you've got as much ego for you as you do for a stranger you've never met in the streets. That's of, correct. Streets of Delhi. That's the kind of ego we need. We need some of this. We need, we need some wise selfishness. We got to, we got to beef it up because look around things are not, you know, a phrase came to me actually when I'd been watching your film and I thought we're better than this. We're better than we're this. Better than this. And, you know, we've got to get to this. We've got to get to it. So I want a street wisdom, sidewalk talk, co-branded merch shirt, a call to arms that says we're better than this. Yeah. I feel really inspired by it. That's it. And I'm better than this, right? I mean, I, yeah. I wish if there was something, I think that when you're, what you're doing in street wisdom, I think what we're trying to do at Sidewalk Talk is to put people in touch with that mission. Because you're asking people, you've got to enter your, inhabit your environment in a different way. Because it starts there. Because if- Say more about that. What do you mean? That, that, I love that. What is that for you? Well, number one, in your body, when you're walking around the street and you're looking for magic, you can't mm. just have a checklist in your brain. Mm. You have to surrender down in there in your skin somewhere, right? Second, letting go of- the answer being totally, you know, making letting go of it, making sense to your left brain and letting your right brain sort of mm. like listening for poetry in a different way. Mm. And so to me, this is the ultimate integration of masculine and feminine, if you will. Oh yeah. Right. And I'm, I work with a lot of men and in my therapy work, they come to me because I make it safe for them to be masculine with me and not always know how to talk about their feelings, right? And not shame them because I think psychology has become deeply shaming to a lot of men actually and said, you know, it, actually, I think that we're all trying to integrate this poetry and this heart and this humanity. And I'm just, I'm living in the land of paradox now. Have a huge ego, but have humility, right? Get shit done, but be lazy and daydream. You, you, you know what I mean? And, I and street wisdom, what you do is you, you sort of give people a practice ground for practicing that because the entire time that they're, they're walk, walking about, they have to do all of it. They have to be in their body. They're integrating paradox. They're listening for the poetry. Uh, they have to surrender to not knowing all these things, you know? Yeah. Boy, you're inside my head right now because I've been, it's taken me all of this time to get to the point to be able to say, street wisdom is a practice. I thought it was an event, I thought it was an experience. And because I love events and experience, I, everything, you know, I make experiences the whole time. Oh, and by the way, let me just share something with your 
audience. I, you know, I'm known as an experienced engineer in business because if you put the word engineer next to anything, it makes you sound like you're worth the money. <laughs> so I've been called an experienced engineer for many years. Um, and I think that is a fairly decent description of kind of what I'm interested in. But what I'm trying to do is finding the, you know, the extraordinary in the everyday, everyday kind of thing. So I've done a lot of work in places that, you know, my, my more creative friends were just like, what are you doing there at some sales conference? But for me, it's been a kind of, I've been a missionary, if you like, up country, I've gone native and stuff to try and find the magic that's there every second, if, if you know how to look for it. Um, and one, one description of experience, which I've taken me a while to craft, but I'll hand to you, because I think this is what you do. In fact, it is what you do from what I've seen, which is a way to think about an experience is a time and place where the normal rules need not apply. And that's how simple I've got it in my mind, which is if you say, okay, this seat, that seat, this, this part of the sidewalk is now, uh, the rules are different. Boom. That's all the magic you'll ever need. Because when we were kids in the playground, we knew how to do that. You're on a pirate ship. I'm in the sea. No, no, no. That's the sea. That Oh, that's the sea. And if I kill you, you go to the moon. Okay, got that. You know, we have no issue with that. So I just wanted to say that. that just be aware, you know, I mean, and again, Tracy, I'm sure you, you know this stuff, but it's a very simple date. You know, it's, it's everyday magic when you think, okay, the minute I create a space and give it a name, You've created a system, right? As soon as you enter a system with intention, things are going to get interesting. And that actually sparked something. You mentioned Jung, and I love, and I may be getting this wrong. In fact, I'm almost certainly getting it wrong. But what I what I fancy I heard a Jung, Jungian friend of mine say is that um, anything that interests you as you walk around is your future self seeking to manifest in the present. I love that because I've often said after Street Wisdom, People come back and say, oh, I found this beautiful thing. I said, you do realize that's you. Everything you just walked through is you. You know, this, this way of using, in a, in a gracious way, using the world around you as a mirror, not in a self-critical self, uh, way, but just understanding that the, the experience you're having, you are creating. You are creating this experience. Um, and maybe when the, when the stranger comes, it's a bit like meeting someone in a dream because they're creating it as well and you find a way to create something together, which I think, by the way, you know, you, you said before, let's do some co-branded, co uh, let, let's, let's, let's play, you said. Yours and mine, our company's let's play. And I always feel that the creativity doesn't come from David or Tracy, but it comes from the space between us comes from that space between those two chairs it's it's beautiful what you're doing absolutely beautiful well the feeling's mutual and i get asked to play all the time with all kinds of people and i'm kind of curmudgeonly i say no <laughs> no 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 more i know i i was i was feeling i was listening to your book about you know bring just bring donuts isn't that what it's called just bring donuts to the meeting uh, will there be donuts? will there be donuts sorry i didn't remember the name accurately and you were talking about saying yes and the improvisational my husband did improv yeah. for eight years by the way oh brilliant brilliant. but brilliant. he's german so oh, a yeah. <laughs> there's a different level he tried to do it when we were living in the states and he said all i can do is be the dumb german because he goes i don't even he asked me after one of them he goes what is cool whip and i said oh it's this like frothy <laughs> white like like it's anyway and so whenever those kinds of cultural things come up it wasn't fun. it's great as a couple though because we've had some really you know we fight like normal couples yeah. 
And sometimes we'll turn it into an improv. No. Like, we'll just, I'll just go, oh, I'm five years old right now when I just want my way. And he's like, and I don't want to be your daddy right now. You're going to have to go find one because that's not sexy at all. So we, we have a lot of fun fighting and bringing improv into our fights, which. I love that. I mean, that is a meta. Also that what a meta activity that when you can get to the, as they say, get to the balcony, you're in the middle of this thing and you can. You can see that you're playing a part or it's playing you. You know, that is mastery, mastery. Well, it certainly helped our marriage. So I, I teach it sometimes to, oh, to couples. Great. I'll have a, somebody come in and I can see that there's a part of themselves that they're not inhabiting and letting be in the relationship. Mm. And so I'll, I'll say, give me a movie character that has these qualities that you really admire. And they'll say, okay. I said, so you, I want you to be that character for the rest of the session. And they're like, what? And I'm like, just for the rest of the session, just be in character. And they're like, this is the weirdest couples therapy I've ever been to. And I'm like, but it works. It works. You know what I sometimes do? And this gets hysteria going is I'll work, you know, I quite like you, I suspect, you know, I work a lot undercover, you know, I'm working in grown-up situations and I'm being kind of I'm being subversive without them necessarily realizing it for good you know just to tease people awake in a way but one of the things I love to do is to say imagine think of something that is not to your taste like so not to your taste it's the opposite of your taste and people say you know a crocheted toilet roll holder something like that in this in the form of a poodle and that there's also enormous joy in spotting something that's not your taste and then then I'd say be the person that loves that thing who give them a name, they think, and now explain to oh. me why you love it. Yeah. And it's a kind of Buddhist thing as well, which is getting outside your, your subjectivity. People don't talk about taste very much, but it's like sense of humor. It kind of defines you and it feels like, oh, I can't do anything about that. You can. And jumping, you know, I mean, like, I've got an ego like, you know, as big as as big as any but as even since i was a kid i used to do a game i was walking along the street someone would come along that i just either didn't like or feared or something or just thought was ridiculous and as i went past i would say under my breath i am you and i would jump from my body into their jump body and try and walk away in their body okay strange kid i know i know but that game of i am you i am the person I'm not me. I'm not stuck in my shoes. I can be you is, I think, fascinating. And I think that's a thing that can draw us together and give us more compassion and, and lessen this, this, this toxic polarization that a lot of us are experiencing at the moment. The thing, the thread line that seems to sort of, there are two things that I'm hearing in your sort of story. One, so much around play. Like you're mm. bringing up these really serious topics that I will hear other people talk about in this very esoteric, very serious, very research-driven way that almost removes the, 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 it removes the joy from it. And you just like, yeah. no, 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 we're not gonna take it that seriously. We're gonna infuse so much play there. So that's number one. And then number two, you are wildly subversive and rule-breaking. Like you <laughs> seem to really get off on it. Is that, am I catching that right? I think I am a closet activist. I don't think I'm out yet, but I think I call myself an artivist sometimes because I actually do fear, I mean this, I fear the reaction. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, 
professionally, I'm quite amazing at conflict situations because because it's like I'm sure it's like you. It's like I remember the UN peacekeeping, as it were, and bullets go through me, you know. I, and I've been in some pretty scary situations in various parts of the world and so on and so forth. But actually, the truth of it is, I I've only I'm not a f- full on a provocateur, but I do like to. I really do like to do it, and I like to do it with people um, without them noticing it necessarily. I do. Th- I mean, I, I've been through so many deeply sturm und drang kind of workshops. I've cried. I cry regularly. I he. I hold. The, I hug the tree. I, but I feel as though I've been cast, dreamed up as somebody who's got to do light touch, everyday magic, lots of people keep it light, you can't go to the ashram, you put it out there. And that seems to be where I am. So I'm constantly doing mischievous stuff. Humor is super important. A friend of mine uh, who's now not no longer with us, Ken Campbell used to say, I mean, he was, he was an influencer, I wouldn't say he was a friend. Um, this is far too important to take seriously. And it's always stayed with me because the problems that we have, and uh, you know, in the progressive movement or wherever you're looking to make the world a better place is that as soon as we take the problems to be real, they become heavy and difficult to move. So how can you be light? As you mentioned the paradox, how can you be light about something that is, that is heartbreaking? But if you're not, you're going to get to stay there. It's, it's a, it's a very, and just one more thing, and maybe this is again, a, I'm thinking of your lovely volunteers listening in. What you said about paradox, and you know, the paradox is the way I see it, I've come to see it, I'm often in organizations talking to senior leaders, right? And I'll tease them and I'll say, how many people think that your job is to like sort out, make decisions about what's right and what's wrong? Most hands go up. I say, yeah, no, I don't think so. I, I think that the people who work for you do that. I think you're here to live in the paradox and deal with dilemmas. And they go, huh? And I say, yeah, I mean, you're paid to resolve problems where both answers are wrong or both answers are right, both and or neither or. And you can't do that intellectually. You have to sit in the fire. You have to sit in the paradox. You have to sit in the discomfort. That's what you're paid for. The other people can sort other stuff out. How, are you up for it? And that, that I think is something I learned a bit in the arts because the art, you know, when, when Hamlet says to be or not to be, he doesn't expect McKinsey or Pricewaterhouse to come and give them an answer. You know, yeah, we, we, we've done some market research and we've decided that to be is 70% more preferable to not to be. It's not, that's not the point. <laughs> they both have their advantages and their disadvantages. Welcome to real life. Welcome to real life. Huh. <laughs> God, you are doing, you are doing soul work inside of the least soulful places in some respects. Yeah, you must yeah. piss some people off and, and make them cry at the same time, I bet. I think, I think people, tell you what I think, if I'm reading, I think people slightly envy me. I think you often have senior executives saying, gosh, you know, you come, you go, you seem to have a nice life. And, and, and I, I, it recalls to mind a friend of mine who's a jazz pianist. And he says that he'll, he'll do a jazz club and he'll play and, it's people, and people come up and say, God, I'd, I'd love to do what you do. He says, no, that isn't the, he said, what you mean is you'd like to play the way I play, but what you don't want to do is the eight hours of practice every day, day in, day out. And so I think, I, 
I, I think there might be a little bit of envy uh, and they might be a bit pissed off in that regard. Um, and also people marginalizing you like, like, oh, Tracy, she's just a flake. It is a way of like not dealing with what's come up and that's human human thing. But I, I think that people don't always see the, the work behind the apparent spontaneity. Do you know what I mean? Utterly and totally. Utterly and totally. Yeah. yeah. There, I mean, you have to, the work that, that I think, I, I imagine you do, is you've sat in the fire of the paradox. I mean, I think that's when you've traveled through to the underworld in those, in those times in your 20s, mm. and you stayed in there, or you said, I am you. I mean, this is the, you, you face the fire-breathing dragon and know how to do that so you can inspire other people to do the same. That's not something that you learn when you go to Harvard mm. or Cambridge, sorry. <laughs> no, it, no, it is not. It is not. Um, I, I see many people in their forties and fifties who've kind of, for whom the, the the career game, if you want to call it, that has kind of ceased to hold their attention, and they begin to feel very uneasy because the, the, and lost, if you like. And, and that can lead to your mental health. Although, I mean, you're a professionalist. I, I'm not sure whether people are having mental health difficulties or having uncomfortable thoughts. And what, you know, what those, you know, because I think when you're alive, it is uncomfortable. And if I have people come to me and say, you know, I'm, I, I've I had a friend who came to me and said, I'm considering suicide. And before I could even ask, answer, I said, of course you are. Anyone who's sensitive like you looks at the world, of course you'd want to consider that. And your point is, you know, I don't know what that's about other than other than the it's not binary and it's not clear and it's not it it's not a straight line I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that you know this, this book wonderful it made me think why is it when you go to school the first thing they give you at least in England is a ruler which is a straight, you know, piece of straight, usually wood or plastic. And what they're saying is, welcome to adulthood. You say goodbye to childhood. Everything's going to be straightforward from now on, from A to B with the minimum friction and stuff. And it's quite, they even call it a ruler, which means the, you know, the, the king, the queen, yeah? Or, and the word right, the word right means, rectus means straight. And of course, there's a sexual connotation to that as well. Error means to wander. And I was thinking, boy, they've tried to keep us on the straight and narrow. Actually, what I'm beginning to feel is the wandering is the new straight and narrow. When the world's as wobbly as ours, you'd have to be nuts to go in a straight line. You'll end up in the wrong place. And so maybe, you know, maybe again, what you're doing is you're encouraging people to dawdle, to loiter, to malinger, to meander, to, to stop, to pause. And you were doing that before the pandemic. And it's powerful. It's like inserting a gap into the in, into the A, B, C, D, E, F sequence, this linear sequence, which we've been thinking is real life. Um, welcoming people into the, into the paradox. It's a, it's a powerful thing. And, you know, I just want you to triple or quadruple in size quickly so that everyone can be doing this. Well, thanks for, for getting it. And I, as somebody said to me, they're like, Tracy, why do you always want to grow this thing? It's so capitalist of you. And I'm like, 
isn't about capitalism. I don't pay myself. I don't collect a wage for this. (laughs) I have to say no to a lot of stuff because I can't, you know, operationalize it. But yeah, I want to grow this thing. I want to grow this thing because um, I want, just like I want for a, I mean, I think everyone, I'm going to have to go get wonderful now, but I'm going to have to get it not on my Kindle because I'm going to want to hold this one in my hands, you know? I'll send you one. I'll send you one. Because um, I already can tell it'll feel like wandering around the streets. And I'm sure it'll be one I of the ones. The cover. I just it's very the cover. sweet and cute with it's the little smiley face. And it's and wa- this, already wandering. And it says the smile is find the, one, find the wonder in the everyday, every day. Mm. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I can't even remember what I was saying now. I no. just, I'm just having too much fun. No, I, I hear you say you want to grow it. I, I hear something else as well as I think there's an urgency in uh, certainly what you're up to. And I think what I'm up to as well, which is this, can we, it seems to be a sort of wave of learning and a wave of forgetting and they kind of race each other. And I feel like every generation learns and then we kind of, the, the forgetting wave comes along. I think what you're doing is uh, urge, there's an urgent need for it. And um, you want to see it grow uncontrollably almost. Yeah. Growing it is pain, it's painful. It's difficult for us to try and grow things and for your volunteers and everything. It's, it's, um, you know, it's like building muscle. But I, I think I'd love to see your thing uh, become unstoppable. And, and one way of doing that, by the way, the reason we make it free, and I think it's the same with you, right, is it kind of bypasses the transactional kind of rules and it's a bit unstoppable and what i love about again what you do is you need two chairs and you need a lot more than this but it's simple and i think if the way we change things is a a million simple things um and i love the fact that by and large streets are the public domain you know they are the they they are our they're our property now i know people will try and convince you they're not but in fact they are and that's why people take to the streets when they want to express themselves. And I think that turning it into a place, not of protest necessarily, but of sort of intimacy and of exchange and of connection, that, that, lovely, that, lovely, that lovely phrase I saw, which is an enemy is just somebody whose story you haven't heard yet. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of mutual exchange is as old as time. Yeah. And we have, kind of forgot it in the in the in the in the noise you know and you're you're refinding it. i think we're doing the same the, the power of you know the, there's something inside us as you said earlier on you're sorry i'm talking so much but you're doing this to me trace you're doing something i mean i talk a lot normally but i'm excited so i'm going to keep going um you can cut it out you can cut it out but you talked about our intelligence is embodied you know, people are getting, waking up to the idea that you, you should stretch your legs and this will help your brain and move around and, and taking a good lung full of air will clear the cobwebs. People are forgetting that your brain isn't in your head. It's in your knees and in your spleen and in your air. And so your, your intelligence is embodied and we know how to walk across the terrain because we've been doing it for countless centuries and to read symbolic language. It, there are four our antecedents is that right the people that came before us generations mm-hmm. before could read as it were signs mm-hmm. read signs and so can we still and we do it in dreams for hours a night mm-hmm. and there's just some if i've got an insight it's it's been that you don't have to 
stop reading the world symbolically when you wake up. If, you, if, if you're prepared to, as you say, to connect with the poetic, not just the everyday, but if you're prepared to see the magical in the ordinary, um, you can have a conversation, you can have a dialogue. And, and we need a dialogue because the one inside your head isn't great in my experience. It's not no. great. It's designed to keep us safe and not much else. Yeah. So it's kind of looking for the danger. Yeah. I loved listening to you talk. Thank you. <laughs> don't don't do that whole. Um, I'm I want I'm wandering with you. I'm wandering with you. It's lovely. It's lovely to hear. Well, you're also. I mean, come on. You're saying nice things about me. I'm like Jesus. <laughs> of course, I want to listen to you talk. It feels no, but I feel. You know what I feel in this conversation? I feel seen for the first time in a long time. It yeah. feels really nice. Thank you for for offering that. I, I, well, I'll say this: there's 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 self interest as well because I've done a number of podcasts, as you as you can imagine. No, and, and there's a sort of there's a sort of usually a bit like TED and TEDx and stuff. There's an underlying it's marketing at one level, and it can be the most lovely in the world, but it's still marketing. It's showbiz. What I often feel is lonely, as you were saying. I feel. Um, actually, not seen. I mean, I I do by my people around me, but not enough seen and i think that i think that it's important that we join islands up and no, i don't think it's important i think it's 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 critical so i think there are there's probably a thousand people right now who we could look at the way you and i are looking at each other and talk this way but because we're involved in our own slightly narcissistic um activities we don't realize that if we were to link up in in a light touch way we're we're the majority you know this is the growing tip this is changing the world but we're not we're not totally aware of that so i'm i am i am uh on this call and i'm saying nice things i don't know i'm saying nice things it's partly like it's partly like you climb up a mountain and you're hacking through the weeds or whatever and occasionally you put you reach a plateau and you pull your nose up and you look over and there is you and a few other people who go oh my word hey i'm here so i think there's a little bit of that <laughs> i think we're resonating with that together a little bit we're at, both of our little noses are <laughs> yes up over <gasps> i'm kind of doing this mine's a little <gasps> oh my god there's somebody else up here this is so great can i talk to you how's it going over there <laughs> oh, one so one also one sort of sister brother thing between our organizations, if we can call them organizations, um, that, that, that I, I think is really, uh, I resonate with is, this, is simplicity and playfulness. But simplicity is hard. It's really hard. And it takes, actually takes years and years to dare to be, to say what's really going on. And you do. And I, you, you know, you, you wildly under promise. And I bet people, wildly over deliver because you've kept it you kept it simple and people say that in business like it's easy it's not simple is much easier to be complicated and blah 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 so i love that and it, that must have been hard won because partly the danger i think is if you if you're going to be simple you think people see through it they go what it's just a person sitting opposite a person talking on the street you're crazy no no you, that's it i mean amazing listening talking amazing it's really amazing mm. well thank you for that that's inspiring because it's 
it's a lesson whenever you try to operationalize anything to make sure that you have volunteers that have the right intention that aren't out there to save the world, but that are showing up to understand that this is an activist project and and then figuring out how you do raise money so you can at least pay a few people to keep the thing going, right? And, right. and all that stuff, and yet keep the simplicity and the ease yeah. and to say no to things that, you know, capitalism, I don't want to make capitalism the bad guy, but I don't know what your experience is like, but it can bring, um, it can remove the serendipity and magic. It can kind of add the staccato note where you don't actually want one. And I'm like, ah, uh, if we try, someone said, oh, we want to build an app or you need to have, you know, this. I'm like, I, I actually, am, I've had so many app makers approach us. Said, I'm not interested. I'm sorry. It's just not what we're about, right? right? Or someone said, you know, you need to have different kinds of groups. I said, no, I don't want it. none of that. It's going to stay this. And what we're going to add is maybe some training on how to be a better listener to fund the project. But beyond that, that's it. And then, you know, one of our folks, you know, she wants, really wants us to go in and do corporate trainings. I said, I, I, I don't, I don't know, maybe, but I, right now we're doing a training and we're doing it in community and they can take it to their companies, <laughs> you know, mm. uh, I don't know, but I, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think getting really clear on, and it's taken me some years to get clear. Mm. It's taken me some years to um, mm. let go of certain aspects of my ego and go, hey, you know what? I'd rather grow steady and true than massive and flaky or massive and vacant, right? I hear you. I mean, I think, I think that capitalistic thing of let's scale, it's like, you know what? Let's not scale. <laughs> what about that as an idea? Um, that's just the first sort of, twitch people always say you know if you're doing it do more of it why <laughs> why not why why is that the case but i think there is something that is it's a tis a paradox which is there's something about having enough mass to i think what it is is to to, to make it suddenly become ordinary you know, if, if people were doing it if on every street corner, you will have won because people would have stopped seeing it as, it, you'd have become a verb. Let's street talk it. Let's, you know, and that's a way of maybe working with businesses. You say, we'll do it, but you've got to come out of your businesses and meet strangers on the corner. I mean. That was my prerequisite. That was exactly it. And they said, oh, but there's insurance and liability. I said, no, well, the progressive story, businesses no, won't no. care. No. Because guess what? At the end of the day, business people leave the building and walk through the street. And that's why, you know, with Street Wisdom, I felt like I want to play in the space between people's identities. You know, once you've left your building and, and before you've gone to be in another building. I noticed, for example, when I, when, I, when I put the key in the lock and come home, I can be, you know, I've been doing some stuff that I, my, my tiredness doubles because I want to look like a hero when I come through the door. And Joe says, I say, oh, don't ask me. I've just been, you know, I literally, you know, but between between the identities, there's this there's this free space, and so I think you're very you know you're you're very wise you're very wise, and yet those people in businesses are people. So often I work with people because I work in businesses partly because that's how I was that's how it's been, but also I came to the way I see it is it's a great place to find people, and where there are people we can work, and you know that's just a different way of there's just a different way of looking at it. But you're and pay your rent. Again, and get paid. Uh, yeah, well, there is that. But I, 
what I see also this kind of sense of in, 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 I've thought a lot about, about this wonderful thing is, you know what, when you're wondering, are you brainless? No, you have intention, but you're sort of testing, you're trying, you're making mistakes. You're what the Chinese call, you know, crossing the river by feeling your way across the stones. You're, you're not sitting there looking at the map. You're trying, Oh, ouch. No, that, and, and that, that is a paradoxical thing. I think because, because, People say leaders know the way. Uh, well, I don't think that is the case anymore. You look at the really successful leaders, they're the ones that are prepared to get lost, retract, retreat, say they were wrong, move. That's the future. And I think we, I do think there is some urgency to it. I, you know, I describe myself in the book as an optimist who worries a lot. And I, I am not guru-like at all and feel like, no, the Tao is emerging and that awful thing that just happened, let that be just, no, I think, no, I can't do that. I'm not sure you should do it, but I can't do it. So I feel like, I feel like we've got to hold this paradox of it's, there's a certain urgency and yet we can enjoy everything that happens. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. I struggle with it. It's beautiful. Well, I could talk to you for hours and hours, but I know that, you know, our podcast guests are probably thinking, okay, <laughs> David, Tracy. No, they're not thinking that, but they're thinking we're really jealous because we would like to be on the other end of David yeah. right now too. Gosh, darn it, yeah. Tracy, get out of the way so that we can <laughs> talk to him because you're just fantastic. And I, um, I feel lit up and I'll probably carry you with me in my heart for the rest of the day, feeling seen and known on some level. So I really appreciate that. And I'm totally in support of everything you're doing. So you just say the word and I'm there. Um, but I think I mentioned to you as a, we have this ritual, so I can't wait to see what, what you're going to come up with. Um, no pressure, no pressure. It could be, you could fart and I'd be stoked. But um, we, I get out of the way and give you the mic to speak directly to the listeners that listen on sidewalks all over the world anything that you want a wish or words of wisdom directly to them mm. oh wow <sighs> well we've really been talking a lot I, i'm going to sing something actually yay we started with singing and i wanted to um yeah i just thought you i don't know how it'll come across on zoom but maybe go back to back to where we started which is this little kid going oh, that's real and i'll say i just sing a phrase or two from um from uh italian an italian phrase or two because i feel as though you know they call the vocal cords in in italian the second sex and it's there's something about it it's a way of contacting people at a distance because you've got this it's basically you're warming the air inside you and it's making vibrations and then that's going straight into somebody else's ear and into their body so it's body to body so a it's a way of me me contacting your your volunteers uh, uh you know across the world also it's not linguistic we we're talking a lot but most of it i bet the really important stuff that you're participants get is the feeling it's this feeling this feeling of attention that i'm sure your volunteers give and if i could uh, advice is probably not a good idea but i would say ah being lost and feeling lost are not the same thing we're all lost we're all stumbling our way and some people feel lost but if you can get if you can enjoy that feeling of 
not know uh, you know it's a it's perhaps a cliche but if you can feel enjoy that feeling of not knowing that every time you're improvising with someone you don't know what's coming up i think you're probably you know more about direction than anyone on earth at that time i would guess because you're 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 keying into what wants to happen anyway something tells me that i should sing a little a bit of a song and it's really not the song it's the quality of that somehow italian music seems to have and this is just a it just basically this is a song that starts um basically it's dawn is the fact it's basically it's dawn but the tenor is saying, you know, oh, the, the light is fading and my love and the dream is going, but actually I could let go of the dream because I have the reality. It's all about love. It's all about love. But just let me see if I, if I've, if I can find something just to sing you a little bit. I'll sit back from the mic so it doesn't blow your head off. <clears throat> I'm excited. So this is how the Italians say uh, it's dawn. They don't do it in a Google tweet, you know, they... <clears throat> L'alba separa dalla luce e l'ombra, e la mia volontà dal mio desire. O dolci stelle, è l'ora di morir, un più divino amor dal cielo vi sgombra. So that's a little bit of. It's a hell of a lot better than a tweet. <laughs> How could you not love that? How could you not love that? Oh, man. Joe is a lucky gal. <laughs> I met her, by the way, when someone sent me to sing under her window. I swear it's true. I swear it's that's another story for another podcast. Well, I'm going to come up and visit you guys and stalk you. So that's it. I'm <laughs> not leaving for a year and a half. So, David, it was a pleasure. Um, for everybody that's listening, there's all kinds of information about David's book, Wonderful, about his great work called Street Wisdom. You may decide you want to take up leading some street wisdom walks. And you should definitely do it in your own life all the time. I recommend every day, actually. Um, yeah. We do they, check it out. We do them online as well, which is sounds, uh, but in fact, they're enabled from the laptop, but they're out in life. Love but it. We just use the laptop like a radio or your phone yeah. like a radio. So I love that. I love that. And hopefully you'll have, we'll get to shout out the, your podcast by the time this goes live too. So we can send people over there. And you must come on it, Tracy. Oh, I will. Any chance to play with you, I will. Come play. Okay. Be well. Thank you for being here and listening to this episode of the Sidewalk Talk podcast. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, tell your family, like and comment on the podcast publisher that you're listening from and subscribe. This will help us get the word out about changing our culture to one of 